You want to tap into your intrinsic power. Dig deep. On a journey to your highest self, dig deep. Dig past the fossilized negative thoughts, doubt, and fear. Get ready to rediscover your gold as Reverend Jackie and her guests drop their golden nuggets. This is Digging Deep Podcast, an extension of the Gold Rush Women's Conference and produced by Chauvel and more NFP. Welcome to Digging Deep Podcast, and I am your host, the Reverend Dr. Jack and Trish Atkins, generally known as Reverend Jackie. Digging Deep Podcast is produced by Chauvel and Moore, and Chauvel and Moore exists to bring women and men, but particular focus on women, to a new or renewed awareness of their intrinsic greatness, to remind all of us of our great value, that great value that we were born with. We call it Chavala Moore. We call it the gold, the gold that we were born with. Choval and Moore is a nonprofit, also produces the Gold Rush Women's Conference, again to enable women to recognize their gold mines. And using effective tools, they can unearth their gold nuggets and create their desired and deserve life experiences. We are really excited for this podcast where we have our guests back. You met Sister Mariam Muhammad uh, the last couple of podcasts. She is the creator and the founder of the Heal Thy Life Center, a nonprofit foundation dedicated to educating women and children on living healthier lives. She's a gifted orator, a motivational speaker, a published author, and she has spoken to audiences big, little, and in between. One of her many passions is really what has drawn me to her is her empower, is empowering women professionally. She has organized and hosted several networking events for entrepreneurs, served on entrepreneur panels. She has accomplished all of these things while hosting her own radio show and expanding Healed by Life in both the community and with businesses. Ah, I'm going to breathe on that. Sister Muhammad, are you with us? Are you with us this afternoon? Yes, 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 I am. <laughs> well, we are glad that you are back, and are, are, we are glad that you have, are, are, what can I say, are gentle enough and are compassionate enough and are knowledgeable enough to talk to us about our topic today. And our topic is, Muslim women and Christian women are one. Now, for everybody who's listening, do not stop the podcast. Keep it going. I am a God-fearing Christian woman who has lived through and has practiced various different types of Christianity and has, has even practiced and been within uh, the nation of Islam. I am so excited to talk about this topic. And the book we're going to be using that I'm referring to that it really helped me to understand uh, your uh, thinking, uh, Sister Muhammad, is, is this book called 
the power to break generational pain. I just want to read one thing, and then I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about that book before we get into our conversation. So at the very beginning of the book, she has written, (laughs) I love it, warning, this book will retrain your thinking and help you to manifest a new reality. If you are not willing to live a better life mentally, physically, and spiritually, this is not the book for you. That's my sister, Mariam Muhammad. (laughs) I love it because I live to help myself and others do exactly what you are writing, retrain our thinking. Oh, I am glad you are with us. And and do you want to tell us a little bit about this book, The Power to Break Generational Pain, before I go dive into that, that particular chapter or pages that I mentioned? Sure. You know, I would just say that um, what you just said in regards to reshaping the mind, um, reforming our thinking, our thoughts, the mind is very powerful. And the power to break generational pain gives us the power, the courage that we need to break the pain that's transferred down to us through our parents, our grandparents, aunts, uncles. It really helps us to identify who we are as an individual. It is, of course, okay to know the pain that our genetics have gone through, but we Mm -hmm. don't have to relive it. And that's Mm -hmm. what this book is about, learning to let go what does not belong to you, but identify what others have gone through. Uh, That is is so awesome. The book is awesome, all of your books. I, I have the healing workbook, which I am working with personally, so that I can use it as a tool to work with other women. But it's, it's great. But what you were just saying, and I, it's really a need for the listeners to know, there is no blame. There is everyone, as I see it, and, 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 and Sister Muhammad, you can speak to this, everyone, my mother and my grandmother and my auntie and my daddy, everybody did the best they could. And if they didn't, <laughs> as a grown lady, I need to look at that and do what I need to do to move myself out of a painful construct. I need to do what I need to do. And how do I do that? You said it. You said it. Retrain my thinking. Retrain my thinking. That really takes us into a whole conversation of forgiveness, which is one of my topics that I could teach on forever and always because it's a continuing process. But we're not going to start there. We're going to get back to your book, which is really great, talking about Muslim women and Christian women. Yeah, that's such an important topic. And as I started reading your material, the first really very critical point I want you to talk about was this concept, this entity, this being, however you define God and how that helps to affirm that I am one with you, although I be Christian and you be Muslim. Yes. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that because, you know, we 
different religions call God different names. And, you know, and I, I think that it's the the unknown that creates that level of fear or that level of now I feel that you're separate from me because you use a different language. Um, and we love, of course, as Muslims, we always state that Allah means God in Arabic. It's just speaking a different language. We're not saying anything different than what someone else is saying by just saying God. The same way, you know, Jesus and Jesus. Now you're looking at English mm-hmm. and Spanish. So um, I think that if we get away from focusing so much on what's different, our eyes will open up to what is the same. And we'll realize that there's a lot that is the same versus just a little bit that may be different. And when we look at it from that perspective, the difference will begin to not even exist anymore. Yeah. I, I truly believe a lot of the, the different aspects come from other people's um, perceptions, translations, um, and again, just giving titles that divide. I'm Uh, not a title-driven person. I don't like titles. (laughs) You wrote that the only thing that divides us is the title we carry. I said, whoa, that is is the truth. We are all women of God. And, And you write, there's only one God. There is only one God. If there's only one God, how can we not be one with that one God and one with each other? We are one. We, are, right. we, as you later on write, we are sisters, and yet we have a title. And that's what I, I mentioned to you as we were preparing for this. I think about my household was of seven children, and right. some of us called my mother, Mother Dear. Some of us mm-hmm. called my mother, Mama. Some of us mm-hmm. called my mother, Mother. Who was that? Was that the same person that was feeding right. us, providing for us, caring for us? And and she had three names. And it, and it depended on whether we were angry with her or not. We couldn't push it too far. But, you know, it was mother mm-hmm. instead of mommy. So it, it really, that I thought that was really good, a, a reminder of this God and, and this title. And that title doesn't create division. The title is just that, something that someone is using to define this omnipresence, this awesome spirit. You talk later on about us being together and even in pain, which was true, because dealing with, as you have dealt with women across the spectrum of religion, who have been in crisis or in need of spiritual counseling, they they don't come to me telling me I'm Baptist or I'm Christian. They don't come to me with that. They come to have what is to be uh, alleviated of the pain. And you you wrote a paragraph, and I I defined it. I I mean, I I titled it, if I could. It's called, Mm -hmm. What is Desired of God? (laughs) That's on page 25, that second paragraph. What is desired of God? Maybe you can just talk to us a little bit about that, why that's what is desired of God 
really helps to affirm our unity. You know, I if we just focus on what did God what does he desire of me? Where where does he want me to go? How can I make sure that he's guiding me, that my focus is on him? Because nowhere is it written in any of the religious books that the titles we carry, God gave us. (laughs) So if I can just focus on what it is that he did give me, what, what did what he actually desires of me, I would find myself living a happier, more peaceful life. We all go through trials and tribulations, absolutely, but I can get through them better with my sister on my arm, regardless of a religious title. I can get through them better if I am focused on his word and not so much focused on the vessel that the word comes through. And yes. also the, you know, the title that the word comes under it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I really think that we would rise much quicker in unity if we just really focus on his word and, and what he and, desires for us. And, and I, when you say rise in unity, I come back to that, let's give a statement in need of God's healing for me. For me, I, I have pulled apart Christianity as it's been taught in this country <laughs> or in mm-hmm. Europe. I mean, I have pulled it apart because too often that which was being taught was not that which was causing me to be healed. And so what you're saying is if we come together and know we are to hear the word, we're to follow the God that's going to cause a healing to occur. We know we're one because your healing, your pain is not made, not be the same factually, but needs love and it needs compassion and and it needs the things that God gives to us through, as you said, channels, through vessels that that's just so we're one. We are one. Yes. You talk about this character that I call my brother, Jesus. Um, Talk a little bit about that character and how we can break down the division based on Jesus. You know, when I read the Bible, I see Jesus in different time frames. I see him in different um, positions, the alpha and the omega. So I know he, (laughs) the beginning and the end, but was it the one of 2,000 years ago? Because the beginning and the end was not 2,000 years ago. Mm. So as I study Jesus, I'm I'm looking at the – the movement or the transcending of his spirit, of the essence of his soul, and understanding that I, too, can be a Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ as being two different individuals. Um, Mm -hmm. So in, in just breaking down the meaning of words and, and the purpose and duty, 
looking at Jesus from a feminine perspective, being a female, for me, it's a healing. It's a, I can breathe. It's a, I'm not being judged regardless of titles that have been placed on me. It, mm-hmm. it, I was reading something where the scholars were saying that Jesus didn't remove demons out of Mary of Magdalene. He removed them from around her. When I read mm. that, it gave me chills because mm. I could relate with that. So stop mm. telling me historically through religion that a female is of a bad essence going all the way mm-hmm. back to Eve. Stop, yes. stop feeding me that. So I I think that if we focus on the value that Jesus instilled in the woman and understanding that Jesus came through the wound of a woman, I don't care how we look at what surrounded his conception and and how he was conceived and all of that, okay, fine. But he was created in the wound of a female we need yes. to understand how important we are as women, the gift that we are to this world, and understand that God recreates his original creation through us, through yes. our womb. We yes. are responsible yes. for carrying, nurturing the new life that will come forth. So when I think about Jesus, I think about my ability to what I can give birth to. And I think about the healing that I needed from the labels that were placed on me before I even was old enough to say I earned a label like that. Mm. My, my, so, my. I mean, Jesus means a my. lot to me. <laughs> yes. And I, I, and I am sitting here feeling chills and wonderful because a key thing which you have said and as a Christian and currently practicing and looking at New Thought Christianity, to me, Jesus, Christ, indeed, are two different spirits, even if working through the same person. For me, the evolution of Jesus to be the Christ is that spirit that you're referring to, the spirit that comes through and that will come through and is called to come through each of us from my stand. Right. I don't, I, I yes. just, the, yes. you know, we look at that. Um, I, it, I, it's so similarly and, and, and yet it's okay if there is a slight difference, but we look at that as if the Christ will be born in you. This is what we call the Christmas season. And this is, yes, yes. we're, we're honoring Mary and, and, and the, uh, uh, story, whether it be an allegory or, or we're honoring that. But what we want everyone to honor is to allow, to cleanse, to prepare for the birth of the gifts that God has given to you, a birth of what you are called to be and to do on this earth. And, and so that yes. your yes. Jesus can be born and, and That's peace right. can be on earth. Peace can be That's on right. earth. I love this. I love this. We're going to keep going a little bit longer. Um, You know, you talk about God's will and how our sisterhood comes together as we both address and react and respond to God's will. You want to talk about that? What, what, 
about God's will and and us as as women. So, um, in it, it just it takes me back to the thought of a response that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad made to Mother Tynetta, who had asked him if there was anything in creation faster than the speed of thought. And him teaching that the speed of thought moves at the rate of 24 billion miles per second. He Mm. responded, there's only one thing that moves faster than the speed of thought, and that is the will of God. It moves so fast you cannot track its speed. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, I, I'm like, you know. Wait a minute, Sister Muhammad, you're going to make me shout right now. <laughs> you're going to make me shout. That is so good. I, can you just say that one more time? Because that is so good. We need to understand that. The, 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 what travels faster than, than the, the speed of thought, what travels faster than that, as you described the will of by, God. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh the yeah. will of God. And it's, you know, we attach ourselves to that will. We will become unstoppable. You, you can't, we, we have to understand that the, the will is motion. All living things have motion. When we begin to sit still or, or stagnate it, it, it's like now you're entering into the realm of death. Mm-hmm. So to remain alive, we got to stay in motion. And the key to that motion moving in a positive direction is for me to have the companionship that I was created to have. Human beings by nature need companions. Mm-hmm. It, the enemy of this world will tell us, Women don't get along when you put them in a the room. They're going to wind up mm-hmm. arguing. That's how we were trained. That's not our mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. So I if we break that. that, yes, mm-hmm. and if we break it and we get into these circles and we build, we come together and we unify. We support one another. We encourage one another. We're attaching ourselves to God's will because we're attaching ourselves to his desire, and desire feeds the will. So we have to stay focused on him and Mm. not the, you know, how the media, these, these petty ways that's placed in the media and all of these false images of what women are supposed to be, but they won't put up the image of what the woman of God is supposed to be. Mm. They make Uh, us think that that that's bad or oppressive. And some religions, especially Islam, you you start getting into now the, the different sectors of Islam and, and even when I'm talking to Muslim women outside of our sector of Islam, it's we run into so much depression. And and you realize that because in some religious circles women are oppressed and, and mm-hmm. that time is over. Yeah. It, it's like no, yeah. that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. If we are the second created if if god created himself and then created us mm. that alone should let you know in him seeking companionship in him seeking the one that will reproduce his production that that's who you are you're powerful you're valuable you're great well, 
I, well, you, I, I you, so love, you, I'm so grateful to be a female. I just am. I really, really am. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it. Well, you, what you said, too, I want to step back just for a second because you, you're saying the whole notion of supporting us, supporting each other. And having worked with women now intensely for about 20 years, I am totally online with you the bunk about women can't be together. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. I can, women can be taught not to be together. But exactly. in, in, in fact, even that will come apart when women come together and indeed are submitting to God's will. And, and that was one section that you wrote that that's why you said we yeah we're sisters because we serve the same father and if in fact we submit and 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 support and encourage each other we we are submitting to God's will and and yeah. and so yeah that yeah we are sisters because that's mm-hmm. going to cause each other each of us to be joyous not just yeah. receiving the support and the encouragement, but I got to tell you, it says biblically, and I know it's in the Quran somewhere. I can't remember. So, Allah, giving is indeed absolutely a good thing to do. So, That's as I right. give support to my sisters, I encourage my sisters. I am absolutely submitting to God's will. There's just a yeah. couple more points. There's so many points that we could talk about. We will do it again, but. One is is the whole na- notion of the clothing, which I found to be true. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Let me mention something. I want to come back to something because you talked about the women in different sects uh, being oppressed. And let me say for the listener, you're listening, that has nothing to do with being a Muslim because I could take That's you funny. into sex and Christianity where uh, women have not been able to get in the pulpit. Women have not been able to do this yes. or do that, or women had to do this or do that. or or And everyone has a gift and everyone has a role. Don't get me wrong. But to mm-hmm. be oppressed, to not allow someone's gift to, to shine through and to be creative and to birth what was you were speaking earlier, the birth what they yes. are here to birth, that's that's oppression. Yes. That's oppression. Yes. So it, it, it again, sisters, we are indeed together. We are one. It may be under different banners, but we need to know that um yeah, that that's there everywhere. But the clothing, getting back to the clothing, you talked about the clothing that the Muslim woman wore. Talk about that and and take it back to the Bible as you did in, in, in this chapter, in this, this writing you, you did. I loved it. But yes. I wanted you to um, close out on the clothing. You talk about it and you take it. <laughs> I loved it. You took it right to the Bible. <laughs> and I, I, I said, oh, that was so good. But, yeah, would you just, you know, you talked about the clothing that Muslim women wear. Want to share that yeah. with us? Yes, um, because I—that's the question I get asked a lot. You know, the the covering, the covering of the hair, and the the clothing. Um, and 
even women who who ask, can you all wear different colors? Absolutely. Again, even as you were stating, Islam is not oppressive. So we're we're not oppressed. We're not suppressed. None of that. We are free. We can wear whatever color we want to wear. Um, the the comparison I did it to is, biblically, of course, yes. is the women around Jesus wore veils. That's right. That and you were right. <laughs> you were right. Wait a minute. I have to say. I'm gonna let you get back to. But I have to say, I was raised as a Catholic. I couldn't go into church without having my head covered. And having, I mean, it, so go on, continue on. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I don't see why it's such a big thing, except for it's because of this world that we live in, mm-hmm. that comes from what I see. We're seeing and believing people. We're seeing, we, we have not mastered to rise above our emotions, to be able to sit mind, not to fall victim of these lustful cravings. And when I sit down, even my husband and I have been married 22 years. Before we were married, even through the courtship process, I I didn't want to marry a man that you didn't take time to see what was in my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not concerned with, you know, the, the the quick or, or these all these thoughts and these labels or these images of the sexual and all that. I wanted to know. One, I have always been curious about the sciences that this this country took away from us when we came here. And one of those sciences were the science of mating. That's a real thing. Mm. And I, I was interested in that. I wanted to know about his family. I wanted to know about his genetic traits. I, wa- I wanted to know these things because I was concerned about my offspring. Yeah. My mind was not just on the, the moment. Mm-hmm. I've always been taught to look beyond the moment, look further down the line to write your history that you walk into. So with all of that in mind, I'm like, yeah, of course, the physical, of course, you're going to be attracted to whomever you're attracted to. Of course, that's going to happen. But you don't want that to be the only thing that happens. So, you know, you just said a profound statement, which I, you want to, your history that you're walking into write your history that you're walking into. Yeah. Is that what, is that, you know, and you're writing and indeed, it in advance. Yes. That's what I, that's what, so that part of you, 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 in some ways, as I see the dress and, and I don't wear long clothing, but neither do I <laughs> mm-hmm. have my body exposed. <laughs> you know, you, right. You know, right. I, 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 so, but I would not, we need to stop. If a person chooses to wear the headgear, it, it, it just reminded me, even if you go, I mean, I spent a summer in Africa and, and wearing what they call the gala. You, that was a part, I mean, you got dressed up. You went anywhere. You go on anywhere of any quality. You wanted to have that on. But I, I think that what I totally agree, as you um, offer to the world, a thought about your preciousness of this gift called your body, 
and that it is, in fact, a gift for you, and it should not be abused. It should not be misused. And, and, And just too often it's easy in our world for it indeed to be abused and and for our young girls and our young men to take stock of what God has blessed them with and then to do, I love it, a science of mating. Okay, you all, get to know somebody. Get to, well, my my biggest thing is on that is you've got to be, if you're not a good friend of somebody, don't talk to me about marriage. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, and absolutely. you become a good friend. You don't become become a good friend with all your body showing or you're jumping in the bed. That's not becoming a good friend. You become no. a good friend by practicing as you just described in the science of mating. I love that. Uh, that's excellent. Yes, yes. I that's I want we to, have to practice. Mm-hmm. That is, and you'll have to share some more with me with that. That that's that's of course that's a good that's a good topic. But I want, I do want to mention, I just was doing some, just a little bit of research, and one of the great things that I saw was uh, something you may or may not have heard about. It's called Women Without Walls in Nigeria. And it's a group of Christian women who have joined together with a group of Muslim women, I should say maybe even a group of Muslim women who joined together with a group of Christian women. And initially these uh, groups of women were not talking to each other, and yet they recognized both of them, both groups were being uh, assaulted by men. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the Christian women were being assaulted by Muslim men, and the, well, Muslim women were being assaulted by Christian men, until yeah. finally yeah. they recognized we need to come together. We are, and it, it, it was so on point with your, with your writing uh, on pain and that we are sisters even in the pain and we can absolutely know we are sisters because we both turn to the omnipresence presence of God. We turn to God yeah. and God will direct us as to how to move out of that pain. Yes. I got to tell you, when I saw that, I thought about you because I just, uh, it was so profound. And both both leaders of both groups said that, uh, both women said that some of the women in their groups were, you know, well, how are you going to be with them? And they said, because we're sisters. We're sisters. We're sisters. We're women without walls. Women without walls. And so for me, you and I, all of us are women without walls unless we want to build them. God ain't building no walls separating us. (laughs) And and as you said, identify the enemy, whether it's an external enemy or your own thinking, can build a wall. So listeners, I'm going to tell you, First, I'm going to tell you to get the book, The Power to Break Generational Pain, and you can get that book. How can they get that book, Mr. Muhammad? They can get it on my website, um, www.htlc19.com, 
or Amazon. It's both. It's on Amazon okay. as well. As it's my the power to break generational pain by Maryam K. Muhammad, and um, along with her other books. I want to thank you for discussing uh, what people tend to think is <gasps> going to be ignite a a fire when in fact no. it just ignited my love for you even more, Sister Muhammad. I am just uh, so grateful that you have been with us. Do not think that you are finished with us. <laughs> Thank you know for that, having so. me. Absolutely. We will be back in touch uh, with you as, as God directs. And indeed, if something happens that you think women or the people need to hear about, please make, uh, make a phone call, send an email or whatever. Listeners, if you, have any question, if you have any questions about what you've heard today, if you have any thoughts, if you have any concerns, go to our website, www.goldrushwomensconference.com, G-O-L-D-R-U-S-H-W-O-M-E-N-S, conference.com. Or send me an email directly, RevJackie, R-E-V-J-A-C-K-I-E, at that long goldrushwomensconference.com uh, we'd love to hear from you but know that we are sisters don't That's allow right. a label don't allow a label as, as Sister Muhammad has told us to make you anything but a child of God and that other person right. the other woman you're looking at however she may be dressed you will be supportive, encouraging, loving, for indeed, as you give, so you shall receive. I want each of you to remember to use your thoughts and feelings to make a golden day just because you can. And once you have that golden day set up in your mind, only then, only then, speak your words and take your actions. <laughs>